Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the third hour here of Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate on a Freestyle Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here, for catching us on the Raiders app or here locally in Southern Nevada on Raider Nation Radio 920. We appreciate your time and grateful for it. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you at 702-365-9200. That's the Realty One Group listener line. We got calls on hold, and we'll take some more at 702-365-9200. Also in this hour, we'll talk to Sam and Ash. We'll get a little street legal at 945, especially about the strange case that's going on in Anaheim about the corruption scandal that's between the Angels and the mayor. We'll talk about all that at 945. 69187 is the Sam and Ash text line. You can also hit us up on Twitter at rnr 920 am Vinny, Heine, and Clay, and you, and uh, as we as we alluded to uh, on the other side about Matt Stafford and Derek Carr, how very similar in comparison they are. Here's a uh, uh, a tweet, or uh, I'm sorry, a text from the the text line six nine one eight seven. People have to be careful because similar averages can be attained through different means, especially when combining multiple seasons. Absolutely true. The fact that Stafford and Detroit and Carr have both longest passes of 87 yards and net adjusted yards of 6.45 is also uncanny, but it's a st- it's just a statistical anomaly. The eye test is Stafford had a terrible game-losing throw in the NFC Championship game that was dropped, but I'm still rolling with Derek. Thank you, Rob in Oakland. Very nicely done. Oh, yeah, no doubt stats can be a, a little too uh, misleading, but I, I think the point is, is that you, you talk about when you've been on a on a on a franchise that you know isn't going as strongly as you need to, and yet the expectations are still higher and higher every year. Yeah, there's some similarities, more than differences between the two quarterbacks. Here's another one uh, from six nine one eight seven. My peeps, if you change the jerseys on Stafford and Carr, you wouldn't know the difference. Mr. B, that's me. Relay to my cousin Vinny. The Lions organization did do solid a Stafford a solid, but I remember a really, really, really great wink, wink wide receiver that asked and wanted out as well. Let's just say that was not the same outcome. You know who? That's from uh, St. Louis Raider D in the three one four. No doubt, difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, <laughs> they, it, I, how long had Megatron been there? He, he gave nine seasons. Yeah. Yep, and um, and and the the last uh, two years were ones in which he was more of a decoy because mm-hmm. they were trying to kind of mask his injuries and allow him to play out his uh, his contract. He's still a decoy with twelve hundred yards. I take that any day. It was pretty good. I mean, it was just absolutely <laughs> massive wide receiver that could yeah. that could cloud up any sort of dysfunction on your offense. Yeah, and, he was so good. I think yeah. he had the two- Hall of Famer. Two seasons only, so his rookie year, and then like a couple years after that, where he was under subpar a thousand yards. I know this because I invested many fantasy years <laughs> on Calvin Johnson because it was no but, doubt, yeah, yeah it was a slam and, dunk. and the double digits and the touchdowns. You know, it was consistent. Um, it might have, yeah, like you said, I think he dropped off to nine touchdowns a year. <laughs> In his final year, uh, <laughs> dwindling <laughs> away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Lions fans—they're just insufferable pukes. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred is the number. 
Realty One group Can listener line. Can you blame them? Oh, I mean, <laughs> you never Jeez. see the sunshine in Detroit. You don't know what life is. You have no idea what a real winning organization yeah. is. It's really funny you talking about that. It's just because, uh, you know, I have a list that I keep together of those that talk about Raiders that I watch on Twitter. And our boy uh, Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie had put out a tweet that said, every rapper in Detroit is great because, it, 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 <laughs> like, you know, Talk down otherwise. <laughs> and Detroit's not going to let anything slip. <laughs> no, they're constantly keeping score everywhere. The street never sleeps. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing his tweet. It was something to that effect. I can't find it right now. But uh. To the windswept mountain layers of the Colorado Rockies. With Heidi, Vinny, and Clay, it's Papa Meach. Good morning, Papa. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hey, um, Papa. Hey, guys. Hey, I wanted to talk uh, some Raider football, of course, not Warrior this time, but um, I, I want to think about a, a couple of um, offensive plays that happened last year. And I'm not be t- uh, trying to be disparaging to the coaches and every, everything they accomplished last year because we know it was under some really diverse circumstances. However, as a Raider fan, this is the most excited I've been probably coming into a season uh, probably in t- at least 10 years about the prospects of the Raiders because of the new play calling of uh, Josh McDaniels because he's been there. He's won Super Bowls, and, and he has a record of really being uh, one of the top play callers in the league. I'm, I'm looking back at the Charger game, and there's four. I think there's four minutes and eight seconds left in the game, and we had a 29-22 lead, and our defense got us the ball back. So the offense now has the ball. What do we have to do? Go down the field within field goal range, kick a field goal and seal it and not have to go into overtime, or milk the clock down maybe to the end or as much as we can and then give the ball back to the Chargers. And what did we do? They took out Derek Carr. They brought in Mariota for the first two plays. Well, we know he's not going to throw the ball. He runs for the first, and it gets some nice yardage on the first play. He goes for um, a, a loses yardage on the second play. And so poor Derek's going to come in on a third and long, and we couldn't produce, and we gave the ball over, and we know the history. The Chargers came down and tied the score. To me, that was horrid game planning and play calling. Now I'm going to fast forward to the Cincinnati game. And you know where I'm going, Clay, with this. That final series, you know, he brought the team down, got him in the end zone, and then I think the worst play calling, I don't care who called the timeout or didn't call, I mean, as far as the spiking the ball. Yeah, okay, I was like, timeout, he spiked it. Okay. He spiked it. Thank yeah, you, thank the you. Ball, whatever happened there, the next uh. plays were atrocious. And I'm not saying the guys aren't trying. I'm not saying the coaches aren't trying. But I don't think you're going to see that stuff with a Josh McDaniels team. I just think that um, he's going to have this in position. He's going to put our players in higher percentage plays with the talent he has to score in the red zone. And one last comment, Heidi, you hit the nail on the head. Two things that you said were brilliant. You guys all say brilliant things, but it, it just struck a note with me. Derek has got to stop fumbling the ball. I love Derek, but I think he averages 11 fumbles a year. He might even be higher. And proficiency in the red zone, and I think that's going to be fixed by Josh. So those are my my analysis. But I'm very excited for this coming season. Thank you. This one's, Thank you. This one's for Fabian. No more minus four. No more minus four. This one's for Fabian. 
think he threw it up on my Twitter feed. I I I I, didn't, I saw something like that earlier. No more red zone <laughs> field goals. That's if you can it help is. it, no more okay. short field goals. I didn't read the they whole gotta thing. get into the sixty percent. I think that would be. 60, uh, they were at forty nine percent last year. <laughs> Scoring touchdowns. Man alive! They like, scored a lot of points in the red zone, but too many of them were field goals. Oh. He put it up during poor Silly's interview. Red zone. Red Did zone. Poor Silly say red zone. <laughs> My and I didn't do it right because I didn't see what was in parentheses after that. Best Jim Mora imitation. Red zone. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say red zone? Red zone. No more minus. I got to turn into Grover. No more minus four. <laughs> uh, Heidi is changing states from human to Muppet. 702-365-9200. And then it, and then it evolves into uh, uh, the outer Christmas and then Fraggle Rock. Uh, out to Southern California. Gangsta Raider has called oh, in. What What's up, Gangsta. gangsta? What's happening? What's happening? Hi, Heidi and Clay. <laughs> What's up? It's right, Vinny. Right. Vinny. Hey, I just want to say um, I'm feeling good. Now, that's a good call. I agree with everything Papa Meek say. I haven't been this excited in, like, at least over 25 years as far as um, feeling that we really got a chance to contend for the Super Bowl. And I, I, I also feel, I know people think I'm crazy, but I got a feeling we're going to go undefeated. Remember who said it oh. first? Gangster Raiders. Gangster Raiders. Right. You know and, and also, also... <laughs> Also, I want to agree with um, Papa Meach because um, them fumbles is those those are some of them uncalled for by Derek Carr. You know what I'm saying? So he can get rid of the fumbles and increase the touchdowns, like Heidi was saying. That's a no brainer. I think um, that'll be fixed because we have a professional play caller now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A lot of those a lot of those minus fours are going to be turned into touchdowns. That's why I say we can easily average 38 points a game. And if we average 38 points a game just by Turning them red zone opportunities into touchdowns instead of field goals, mm. we can we can increase our scoring by at least eight to ten points a game. You know what I'm saying? And also, I also feel like the defense, if they can just hold the um, teams under twenty points, you know what I'm saying, nineteen or less, and if we score on thirty eight, we should be able to win at least fifteen games, at least. You know what I'm saying? The only two games I'm really worried about is the Tennessee game on the road. And the um, Kansas City game on the road. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All the other games we should be able to win, especially when we come out and smack the Chargers in their mouth here in L.A. to open the season. And I need everybody to come out. I mean, everybody coming to L.A. for the opener and the Rams game. They put the Rams game on the Thursday thinking that Raider Nation wouldn't show up because it's on a Thursday night. But they don't know how Raider Nation get down. You know what I'm saying? We are the notorious, also glorious Raider Nation, and we show up whenever we need to. So if it's on a Thursday night, we still going to black out the stadium here in L.A., and I need the whole Raider Nation to come join me. But I got a question for y'all um, Vegas fans. Why is Wayne Newton famous, and why is he representing Vegas? Y'all need to retire Wayne Newton because I'm 48. And I don't really even know who he is or why he's oh. famous. So I know if I'm 48 and, I, and he doesn't relate to me, I know the younger audience doesn't know who he is. And, and he was an embarrassment in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, well, it's also because he's recovering from a stroke and, and hip surgery. But I'll tell you, gangsta, because he was a headliner on the strip when he was 14. And he and his How brother. How long ago was that? How uh, long ago was that? In, in the, the 40s? <laughs> in the late 1960s and also he was a, a very prominent guy that also helped a lot of other acts and uh was always instrumental in bringing up you know uh the the uh, uh i'm sorry it's the um 
what do what do you call the when the troops go across the seas with um with oh, other entertainers? The USO. The USO, USO he's also been the head of the USO and stuff. Retire with Bob Hope. You know what I'm saying? He, he's in the embarrassment <laughs> of Vegas and, re, and retiring. Nobody really knows who he is. We need a a real celebrity for Vegas. That's all I want to say. Uh, you gotta you gotta respect your history, gangster. You gotta respect those who have come before. I love Wayne. Got a chance to go through his house once when it was up for sale. It was oh, pretty is amazing. This, uh, Shenandoah. Yeah, Shenandoah. It's called something else now. It is, yeah. I don't know what Something the name stables. of it is. And I, I, yeah. lo- I love Some, the... I, uh, I drove right. by it the other day, and I was like, that was Wayne Newton's place. I, I love the enthusiasm, but 17-0, uh, and 0, uh, pretty ambitious. And when you're talking about 38 points per game, uh, just, just keep in mind uh, this. Last year, uh, uh, one team uh, averaged over 30 points a game, and that was the Dallas Cowboys at 31.2. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were second at 30.1. And nobody else averaged uh, more, than, more than that, you know, or, or into the 30. So just... Keep it in perspective. The Raiders, I think, averaged, what, 22 points per game last year? Yeah. Uh, a lot of that was, you know, things that happened, injuries that happened. Uh, I would think that if the Raiders can get to 28, 29 or so, they're going to be in a good enough uh, place. That'll be plenty of uh, enough points uh, to go to the playoffs. But 38 points a game and an undefeated season, I love the enthusiasm, but, you know, let's uh, let's let's – Take it back a little bit on that. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult to come back to that, but I like the high expectations. Yeah. But, you know, in 2020, they were right at 27 points per game. They can't be 29, too far. I think it was, actually. They can't be too far away from that number to get to that point. One thing about the 2020 season that people get, need to remember, there were no fans. Mm-hmm. So when you went on the road, there was no... Quiet. Yes, it there was, was so eerie. It was eerie. It really was. There, there was, <laughs> was nothing freaky, to deal yeah. with. You could run your offense... Unabated, uh, you, your whole playbook. But when when you start talking about getting back into with the fans last year, you got to take stuff out of your playbook because you just can't hear it at the line of scrimmage. So it's a much more condensed, much more difficult proposition going on the road. So if you look at the points, they all went down last year, kind of predictably so. Here's a story from 2020. So we're in Carolina. I believe that was the opening game that year for the Raiders. And, uh, Hot and first, human. And Ben Hager and I are out there, and there's like that – you know, uh, Panther thing that they have the mascot that is running around the bleachers or whatever. And so when Ben and I needed to communicate to each other, we were literally just like, Ben, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the 20 yard line. And in no chance you could do it. And the Panther dude would like be waving like, Hey, I'm here. Like, you know, I remember kinda... going to New, remember when we went to New England. If, if you've ever gone to a game in New England, it's like in the middle of a forest for crying out loud, that, that stadium. And there's a, eventually it becomes one road that gets there. Yeah. And which you, is weird. I never expected that. Yeah. I never expected that. Going and, to and, and, and if yeah. you pick the wrong time to go, um, you're going to be in a huge traffic jam. Yeah, that's brutal. All right. So one way in one way out they uh, were so weird there in, in 2020 <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> in 2020 drove right up to the stadium there was no there was nothing no yeah. no obviously no cars no fans and i just every time we went on the road heidi i just i felt bad it felt it felt wrong it felt um i was sad more than anything because the the fan element is it, it's so important and so critical uh, to the fan, to the to the uh, you know uh, live game experience, and something was absolutely missing. I'm so glad we were able to get back to it, uh, you know, last year. And let's hope and pray that we never have to deal with anything like that again. Yeah, the, put that in the rear view. That's what it needs to be. It's got to be in the in the distinct past. At seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Let's get two more calls in before we take this break. Out in the D.C. in the nation's capital, Tom is back. Good morning, Tom. Oh, hey everybody. Commodore How's stories. Yes, yes, the Commodore yes. stories. <laughs> <laughs> we, we teased it yesterday, so Heidi, here's our moment. Here we go. 
All right, I, I want to preface this comment by asking if you know the answer to this question. Do you know whether your mom attended uh, the Commodores concert in 1980 or 81? Do you know when it was? Uh, we were thinking, we I looked at that. Uh, we looked at that. We, we couldn't decide because... Uh, she one, didn't tell me. I had a, she mom, did, text me. She did me. say it was like October, so that might help okay, narrow it down. There, there were two. So, so they, they performed at the Alameda Coliseum in October of 1980. And then they were at the Concord Pavilion in October of eighty one. Oh, okay. Well, I have well, no clue. Okay. Well, anyway, if it, if it was the Concord Pavilion in eighty one, let's just say it was that. Um, I attended a concert by the Commodores one month before that in North Carolina, so it would have been on the same tour. Now, I went to a small college in North Carolina, and I was a sophomore when the Commodores came to town. My friends and I got tickets to the show, and I used to get up early every morning to go for a morning jog. So one morning when I was getting out for my run, I fell in alongside this guy who was wearing a jogging suit, a white silk tracksuit. And as we are running, we started talking about music, and I discovered that this guy named Ronald LaPred was the bass player for the Commodore. Nice. Okay. So when he when he found out we were coming to the show, he said, tell you what, when you go to the show, go to the window, and I'll have four backstage passes for you. And we came up with a code word, and the code word was BASS, B-A-S-S. Now, you know, that's the same way you spell bass. Uh-huh. We played the bass uh, and spelled the same way. We joked back and forth that anyone who saw that word within, within, within uh, written down anybody from the South, anyway, would read it as bass. So that's how we got backstage. Beautiful. Oh, so me, that's dynamite. Let me, let, me, let me share two other things with you. First of all, do you know how the Commodores got their name? Phone book. Yep, yep. Then he knows the story. So <laughs> the, the, the other, yes. So, so what, when they were, they were all from Tuskegee, yep. and they were really a put-together of two bands, the Corvettes, and the J's, not the OJ's, but the J's. Yep. So when they all got together, they pulled out a dictionary, laid it on its side, yeah. let it fall open, and there next to the word commode was Commodore. Right. And it stuck. And they kind of joked about the fact that Commodore's was right next to the word commode hmm. and it stuck. Now, the, the other thing is, too, Ronald LaPred, the, the bassist, uh, he, he got together with two founding members of the Commodore's because the bass player for the group was actually drafted into the Army and sent to Vietnam. And uh, Ronald was right there, and, and you know sometimes timing is everything. Well, I tell you no what, doubt Tom, about it. That is an the excellent pride call. of Thank Tuskegee you. University, the Commodores. Tom, have a great day. Thank you for that. Thank you. And the Airmen. How did you know that, Vinny? That was that was like a, a complete um, recall. Uh, like, yeah, bang. yeah, yeah. I said phone book was the dictionary, but yeah, they they couldn't come up with a name, so they just said wherever the. We're going to throw it up, throw it down, wherever, whatever page it kind of falls on. That's what we're going to uh, go for, go with. Text us in. That. That's awesome. All right. Who is it? 1981. 1981. I wasn't born yet. I could be Lionel Richie's child. Well, I'll tell you, I've noticed some features that are very similar, like the Stafford <laughs> car comparison. I'm just a, I'm just looking at the cheekbones, Heidi. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm just trying to make y'all still guess about my age. 702 <laughs> One more call before the break out to Los Angeles. Raider Mac is back. Good morning. You, sir. Mac Attack. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing today? Hey, right. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Hey, um, Derek Carr, I mean, this is in Raider Nation. I, I've been a Raider fan over 50-something years. And Raider Nation, half half the nation believes in them. The other half don't believe in them. I mean, you know, but my thing with, with him, you guys saying that uh, that he, uh, he never had this and he never had that. But here's my biggest thing with Derek Carr is that 
just play within yourself. Don't don't try to be somebody that you're not. But I think we can get to the Super Bowl. I mean, because there's been lesser quarterbacks than one Super Bowls, and uh, so I, I'm not worried about that. What what I want to talk to you guys about is that everybody keeps talking about the offense. You got this deep this division and the AFC. You to win, your defense going to have to make some stops because there's some great quarterbacks. I'm not hearing nothing about the linebackers the and, and the, the secondary. And I know Vinny likes Trayvon Mullins, but Mullins is not good, Vinny. He is not good. Go look at him in the last three years. He has not been good. So we need to we need to concentrate on defense. Everybody's concentrating on offense. What do we need to do to get better on defense? That's what I think everybody's missing. So um, can we just get get another corner uh, or, uh, when uh, when it's time to um, release some players? Because there's going to be some bets that go up that's going to be um, sitting. I'm trying to figure out why McDaniels and them are not going after um, DBs before the um, before training camp. And I'll let you guys go on this. And you guys do a great job. Thank you. Thank, Love it, Mac. Thank, thank, you, thank, thank you a lot. Uh, I think you answered your question uh, when you asked the question, uh, why haven't they? I think that they have a little bit of a comfort level right now with what they do have, and and that goes back to watching tape of Trayvon Mullen and and uh, obviously bringing in Rocky Yassin, Anthony Averett, uh, the guys that they that they have brought in. Whatever they're seeing, and we're talking about Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham and and uh, the entire staff. Whatever they're seeing, they like enough at this point. Now that doesn't you know, preclude them from going out and, and making a move uh, before training camp or maybe in training camp. But but thus far, I think they're in activity right now at cornerback after making the changes that they did, and they did bring in a bunch of new players. Um, th- they're pretty comfortable with this group. I think that yeah, for me, I still want to see, like I was talking about yesterday, um, the depth there, uh, just in case, you know, someone goes down. If you don't have Trayvon Mullen, if you don't have, you know, Rock Yassine, is it Averitt going to step up? Is right. it, you know, that that's the thing where I, I look at it and I start trying to fill in some blanks. Because when I talked last year and I said it looked like linebackers were thin and if somebody got hurt, it was going to be a struggle. We saw a little bit of that. Of course, Denzel Perryman was the one constant in that year, especially with the tackles and his approach. I think he did a great job at being able to uh, stuff some of the, uh, you know, get those tackles that were much needed at times mm-hmm. and Anthony, stepping up. Yeah, but, sorry about that, but you're talking about starts. Anthony Averett has 21 starts uh, yeah. in his career, 14 uh, last year. So it's not like. And I'm going to look at the, uh, the other starts uh, coming off your bench right now. Uh, 21 starts for for somebody uh, as a, as a rotational player and somebody that could be pushed uh, into a starting job when a when a when somebody goes down. 21 starts is, a, is not a bad um, you know uh, number, especially no. coming off 14 last year. So there's a level of experience. Uh, in the in the depth chart, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up a couple more of the, sure. the guys, but um, but yeah, that that should give you. I think what the unknown is here right now, Heidi and Clay, is that most of these guys haven't done it in Raider uniforms. They've been with the Colts or the Baltimore Ravens or so on and so forth. And so there's an unfamiliarity among Raider fans for these guys, but these guys bring experience. Uh, it, they're not all these, like we keep talking about the green bananas. These guys are experienced players. They just haven't done it with the Raiders, and I think that's what causes some of the uncertainty. I'm going to bring green bananas in here. Tostones. Salt them up. 
make them fried. Are they part of the, uh, but, yeah, to, the, to, yeah. the morning routine? Just to what I was saying was like, I think part of what happened too with the um, defense last year wasn't so much the tackles. It wasn't so much the pass cover. It was more in the fact that the cover three designed this like by design left this run funnel. You saw the other opposing teams also take advantage of that. Now, luckily, the Raiders were able to, you know, put down an important big time games against guys like Jonathan Taylor. Holding Jonathan Taylor to just 107 yards was a big deal, even though it's a hundred yard gain for a guy like that. The level that he was running at last year, he could have put up 150 easy. You know, so they they made stops when it counted. But I think ultimately they've got to improve upon that. They, they can't leave that big gap up the middle that running backs found would take an advantage of last year. They're going to have to obviously make more stops against like long, deep passes. And that they did to some extent last year, but there were other games where they were completely blown out, like against the chiefs. And that, they got to tighten it up in the red zone. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side with more on this before we wrap up the show. And Sam and Ash come in here at nine 45. It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker and you here on Raider nation radio. You know what time it is right now, Heidi? What time is it? Time to sell or buy your home. What better time than right now? And the Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your story. Yes, the housing market is extremely hectic right now. Uh, But, you know, it's still a great time to sell or even buy the home of your dreams. So you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to help you get it done. And the Realty One Group has got you covered. They know this market in Las Vegas. They've been here forever. Uh, they know all the neighborhoods, you know, uh, and there's some great new neighborhoods that are emerging as we speak. Just look at all the construction work that's going on uh, here in Las Vegas. They also know how the transactions work and how to get it done for you. Uh, the Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas and has been their home for more than 11 years. And in that time, they've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate agents and professionals to live better lives. They're also proud to give back to the community. They donate their time and resources to make an impact, a positive one. So whether you're selling or buying, please call the Realty One Group today at 888 461 That's 888 888- Four six one zero one zero one. From the text line six nine one eight seven. All day Raider A uh, types in Freestyle Wednesday. Let's go. Vinny <laughs> better be dancing. Vinny's dancing. He's always dancing. He's light on his feet. He's on the balls of his I feet. I dance through life. <laughs> this is how we get through the show. Three hours of dancing. Uh, all day Raider A says after the next three year window, Carr's rankings will no longer be a topic of conversation because he will no doubt be in the top ten with these weapons. Yeah. That, that that's the expectation, but you can see it all day, Raider A. Yeah, that, there is a certain run for momentum there. And here's another one from a 510 from Dame in Oakland. It says, to Heidi's point, DC has to have less fumbles. I think making sure he's not sacked at the top of the list is a great way to facilitate that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, not, think. not at all taking the responsibility out of his hands. Right. The defense also has to average less yards than the offense. 100. Dame. Oh, you're right. Literally taking out of his hands. I mean, there were times where he did have Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson there to hold down the front of the line. So, you know, there's not all can be put on the offensive line. And when you, you know, you go down, I know sometimes you think I got to do something with the football. 
Just hold it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Find another way. A lot of yeah. good quarterbacks have fumbled the, over the course of their careers. So we could, like, we can look that up. Isn't it Drew Brees the, the number one? Or mm-hmm. yep. So that, there's there's in his career though, Carr career wise is up there. I believe it. If I looked last year, I did do some research into these numbers last year, and I believe he was up in the top three. Let's yeah, see. it's up there because uh, he has yeah. uh, currently seventy six fumbles. Stafford has seventy four. Yeah. You know, by comparison, right. Uh, let's get one call in here. 702-365-9200 from the Realty One Group listener line. It's Raider Man from the shores of Richmond. Good morning to you, sir. What's going on, Raider Clay Baker? What's up, Heidi? How you doing, Mr. Hey, Bossy? How up? y'all holding it down this morning? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, I'm hanging, man. I'm hanging like red clothes in the sunshine. But, uh, <laughs> hey, dig this. I want to shout out to my brother, man, Dame, over there in the Biggity O, man. What's up, brother, man? And uh, shout out to Gangster too, man. Yeah. There's a lot of folks I want to get shout out to because I've been getting a lot of love offline. I've been gone because well, Raider man got a job now, so nice. you know, I'm putting it in over Beautiful. here and getting it down. I just I just cleared my probation, so the coast is pretty clear. I don't like sneaking around. That's what I'm doing now. But I needed to get on, get me a quick, quick call. Stay in. low, <laughs> stay low. I'm gonna do what you gotta do. It's, you know, we used to call it incognito. <laughs> you know? but, but where is Mr. Henderson? <laughs> last week, man, I went out there. Well, first of all, last week was uh, the Queen of Black Hole, Raider Rachel, Black Hole Rachel uh, Rivera's birthday. And uh, then last weekend, we celebrated over at, at the place, you know, because my brother man passed away last year. You know, we still kind of growing through that. That was a really, really tough blow. And uh, we got together, me, senior, a bunch of the old school, you know, original black holders. We got together over there at the house and toasted up. We had tequila fever, man. They had a taco cart. Great. Gave myself a brand new Tacoma for 2022 graduation. And, uh, man, you know, just fun hanging out with family. And, and then I wanted to say just I, I want to thank everybody that really truly support me, you know, from the ground up because a lot of people don't really, really know me. And that's all good, you know, but the truth of the matter is I love my Raiders and I'm trying to get involved. So for everybody that's been calling me offline and, you know, trying to encourage me to take this shot at being the Raiders announcer and all that stuff, I really appreciate that. I would like to throw my hat in, you know what I mean? I'm not really good on trying to pub myself, but I don't think nobody better than me, so – you know, if I get an opportunity, I'm going to show a shoot for it. And I just want to say thanks for the people that do reach out. Uh, I was listening to a quick, uh, real quick thing this morning when you guys first came on and you guys had Chandler Jones on. And I think a topic came up that I don't know if you really, really grabbed, but it's no knock on Max Crabbe either. You know, they're probably becoming a, a great leader in his own ilk. But people are starting to kind of miss the true alpha leader that Chandler Jones is. And what I like about the Raiders right now is that the fact that Ch- – the, the veteran leadership is really the pinnacle of this team. I'm hoping that that permeates Derek Carr in his psyche, not the person that he is. He's a great person. Everybody knows that it's lauded and it's you know, way over talked about, but the difference that between him and a person like Matt Stafford are mentality and where Derek has been wallowing in the mire of this place that he was the senior place of, you know me, I go, I kick the horse. So my thing is, come out the box, take the charge, be that, you know, if you got to be an a-hole sometimes, be the a-hole. You know, you ain't got to cuss, but get the job done. Stafford, on the other hand, was the guy that does that. And when he got freed up to get out of Detroit, he was able to go be who he is. Now, D.C. situation is different because he's still in the house. So there's a bit of a comfortability factor there that I'm looking to see how he handles. But if his mentality is right, especially considering that he got all his favorite toys for Christmas this year, he should come out of that box with the hair on fire. Oh, I'm yes. talking about the biggest a-hole that we've ever seen him be in his life. I'm looking for 6,400 yards. I'm talking about he already yes. doing like, I'm talking about he already doing 350 yards a game. 
extrapolate that out over 17 games and see where you end up. That's about 6,000. You put a little cream on the crop, add in our running back to start using the tight ends. In the playoffs, we'll, yeah. Let's see what we find out. Let's shoot for it. Let's go. Oh, Raider, man, I love it. I, I hate to cut you off because we're out of time, but thank you for calling in. It's great to hear your voice, man. Yeah. Right up, man. I'll see Derek Carr. Brother, I appreciate you. Right. Yeah, hey, you look, too. We're doing a Raider Nation explosion July 23rd. Every Raider Nation family, man, get out there because they honoring me, not because of that, but we need to get the family together. It's going to be a pinnacle weekend. So oh, that would be awesome. We're getting out together. I would love to do that. I would, I would absolutely love that. Thank you, Raider, man, for calling in. All right, summation. We got about uh, one minute left. Uh, Derek Carr is the leader. Okay. I, I have to I have to push back a little bit on that, uh, and I think he showed last year his leadership skills, having to be the face of everything that happened last year, and really the spokesman in a lot of ways, um, and that permeates through the locker room. There isn't a guy in the locker room that doesn't respect or follow uh, Derek Carr, and he can get fiery as well. There's no doubt about it. Don't mistake, you know, um, what he does off the, the the field and how he is and what he believes in and talks about. Uh, don't mistake that for a lack of fire, and he shows that fire as well. Well, we'll see what happens as this year goes into it. Again, uh, I think maybe tomorrow, I don't know how you guys feel about me just proposing this on the off the cuff, but maybe we get more into the defense. Seems like Raider Nation too. out there is listening, and they really want to take a deep dive into that, and uh, I'm ready for it. Let's I am go. too. Let's do that. Let's take a look at the defense tomorrow. We will also have a conversation with Ice Cube. He's scheduled to join us at 9 a.m. Happy and birthday, Jim Cube. And, and thanks to Heidi Fang. What's that? Jim Nagy, too, by the way. And Jim, I'm I mean, sorry. And Jim Nagy, too, at yeah. 730. It doesn't get any better than Ice Cube, though. And it's after his birthday. His birthday's today. Well, Happy birthday. I didn't get yeah. him anything. Yeah, you better hot. come right tomorrow, Clay. Well, what do you get a guy who's got everything? <laughs> thanks to Heidi. Thanks to Vinny. We come back with Sam and Ash here on Mary Nation Radio. All right. Every Wednesday at this time, 945, it's time the morning tailgate gets street legal with... Sam and Ash Injury Law. Sam and Ash here with you on this Wednesday, 702-820-1234, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Good morning, you two. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Clay. <laughs> Sam, that goes for you, too. I'm okay, good here. morning. All good right. to be with you. Whether you like it or not. Now, uh, Sam and Ash are here <laughs> with us every Wednesday at this time at Sam and Ash Law on both Instagram and on Twitter. Can we start with this? The Angel Stadium. Uh, it, it's, it's really hilarious. I enjoy a good political corruption, especially when it's really chintzy. And the Angel Stadium is now involved with something they had a $320 million sale. It's uh, it's in limbo because, you know, Artie Moreno, the club owner, he he's, this thing has now been like kind of upheld because he decided to, you know, sell it to a corporation that he had some ties with, but also the Anaheim mayor uh, also got involved because he wanted to get, you know, wet his beak a little, put his fingers in the pie to kind of deal with this uh, the, the sale. Now, how do you think this all worked out? Because uh, Anaheim City Council was scheduled to vote on a rework plan about uh, the sale of this. It kind of happened before they understood the housing concerns that were around this area, but there was an expectation of uh, the mayor of Anaheim receiving a big contribution, and it was going to be all for his re-election campaign. How often do you see this, and why did this get caught? Because if you were really going to do this right, you wouldn't have had uh, you wouldn't have yourself so wide out in the open like the mayor did. Well, I th- so I, I I used to live in Orange County. I used to be a season ticket holder with oh, the okay. Angels, and and I I I know some of these people. Um, so let me be very circumspect at the same time. Try to give you some uh, some info. Okay, good. Um, the the deal is off. 
that's that's widely known now. I mean, the, the Artie Moreno has offered to basically rescind the deal, and that's been accepted. And so the deal, as it stood, is is not happening. Uh, there is an interest, a legitimate interest, among people in Anaheim and the city of Anaheim and Orange County in general to roll out the red carpet and keep the Angels in in Orange County. So there, you know, this is this is something that had a tremendous amount of sympathy, right, from from fans all across Orange County who did not want to see the Angels pick up and move to somewhere in Los Angeles, which is what the threat was. That the that the mayor was a greedy little, you know, jerk yes. and tried to profit off of this. I, I is despicable, and I'm glad he got caught. He got caught in part because he was being dishonest, and also in part because he was being colossally stupid. And he was openly communicating between a number of people about his uh, his nefarious intentions. And he, you know, what's the old joke? You know, if you, there's a secret between two people, it's not a secret. Absolutely. Um, you know, now he had three or four or five or six of them involved in this whole thing, and so yeah, so the whole thing. Somebody somebody blew the whistle. Next thing you know, they got they got you know the the FBI came in with wiretaps and caught them you know on on, on recordings on phone calls. Uh, making these types of plans that, of course, ultimately ended up in this investigation blowing this wide open. Ash, a lot of people started to come forward. They had a lot of uh, cooperating witnesses. But at the same time, as Sam alluded to, look, if you have uh, privileged and confidential information, you can't uh, spread it around. You have to keep it closer to the vest if you're going to try to profit off it. But don't you see, like, also, that's a major violation of, uh, you know, any any state's open government laws because now you're really starting to look and paint a picture of complete corruption. Absolutely. When you're using your political office for personal economic gain and manipulating deals within the community based on that power, um, yeah, it's absolutely corrupt. And this guy needs to get what he deserves. And of course, when the FBI comes knocking and all these investigators come to your door and they want to ask questions, people are going to cooperate. So, um, But I'm with Sam. I think everyone's going to do what it takes to keep the angels in Anaheim. And frankly, that's what the franchise needs. They need to maintain their local fan base. Going to LA is going to prove to be not fruitful for them. I mean, I don't think Dodger fans are going to give up their turf for uh, angels. And that's just smart business. Gene Autry first owned the team, and then Artie Moreno comes in. And Artie Moreno seemed to really want to be like, look, we are Anaheim's team. But then one of the things he did the year after is like he wanted to re uh, kind of position the name, calling the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, right? How did you feel as a ticket holder, uh, Sam? Did you start to feel that Moreno, because he came in with a lot of good tidings, did you, could you see the wheels spinning then when he started to kind of change and, and really want to open up to what the number two market could be? No one in Orange County liked it. Okay. I think we understood what was going on in terms of a branding effort to try to tap into the larger media market in L.A., but no one liked it. People were, were pissed off when, when he did that. I mean, I kind of liked it because the the media deal made it, it possible for Artie Moreno to reduce beer prices in the stadium. So it was a win for in-stadium fans. For Ashley, <laughs> Ashley and her beer consumption, it was, it uh, was good. A, yeah, I, you know, you got to keep your eye on the prize, guys. Oh, you do. And especially, I mean, I, I got a chance to see in, in the club level a couple of years, and it, it's amazing. And, you know, you, you, the beer level is out of control because they'll just bring it right <laughs> to your seat. And, I mean, you, you could serve you drinks until you're dead. And I think that's wonderful. 
Yeah, but I don't know. What did you think of the stadium? See, I think it's it's Beautiful. long in the tooth and it's past its prime. I mean, what did you what did you think of, in terms of it as a facility? You uh, see that there's a need to replace? Uh, I didn't. I really didn't because I I just I, maybe it's because I've I've always wanted to go there and and after a couple trips I, I always really enjoyed how quick, easy in and out of it was in comparison to Dodger Stadium. So I had a bunch of like favorable stuff. But is it old in the tooth? Because uh, I, I still kind of see like you know maybe where they first started in the mid '90s of how the construction was in the out field, it does start to look a little dated. It doesn't have uh, that kind of look that seems to like transcend that this could go another 50 years and still be very popular. Well, I'm going to push back. Um, baseball is America's pastime, and I love going to Dodger Stadium. Yes, it's a pain to get in and out of it, but there's something really cool about going to a historic ballpark. Oh, yes. It's got a lot of years under its belt that they've put money in to rejuvenate, and so that's what I would rather see. Take the money. Don't move the stadium. Don't be like every football team or basketball team and arena hop. You know, with baseball, it's a little bit different. You know, put time, energy, and effort and come into a way into a plan where you can keep the existing stadium, the existing ballpark, the A, that the halo that gets lit up for everyone who drives on that 57 freeway to see when the Angels have won, whether it's at home or away, and put the money into rejuvenating it and getting the waterfall running and making it a better fan experience. I don't like the idea of building a new ballpark anywhere else or even in that same lot. Mm, I don't know. It's fourth oldest uh, stadium. Wow. Uh, is it use. really? It is, and it's a. It's not like Dodger Stadium, Fenway, Wrigley Field. Those are all b- beautiful and interesting architecture wonders. I, I mean, they're they're nice. They're beautiful. They're pretty. They, they, yeah, Yankee Stadium came out and they made a new stadium, and all the fans complained because they actually created seats that had visibility cut off, and so there was poor execution, <laughs> and people missed the nostalgia. Well, I'm not saying replace it with some with a poorly executed yeah, no, n- new version. I'm just saying maybe one that isn't. It's it's a dep- I don't know I think the stadium is is past its prime and I'm 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 for replacing it on that same site and I'm I, Clay what's what is great it's it's a great location that that place where the confluence of the what is it the 57 and the 55 and the five freeways they're all all 22 in, yeah, 22 they're right. all in there it's very easy to get to it from just about anywhere in Orange County and even parts of LA County so I'm. I but you know but building amenities around it, building more restaurants around. It, at least Ashley will admit that oh, the, yeah. the plan there to redevelop that area and create housing, mm-hmm. create um, create restaurants, create walkable areas. It, it, you know things to do, events to do before the game, where you then can just park and be there and go to the game and then leave afterwards. I think I think is worthy of, of exploration and execution. That's the future. You have to have developments around these ballparks and stadiums. And, and in Southern Nevada, they're looking at that, too, of like, all right, around Allegiant Stadium. Even you can hear some of the city planners kind of talking of a stadium district that if they were able to ever, like, figure out what they want to do with a possible baseball stadium, perhaps that would be best located on the other side of Tropicana and, you know, uh, uh, Industrial Road or uh, Dean Martin Drive. That way, on the other side, you have all these hotels and restaurants that could be, you know, right now there's, like, budget suites and other stuff. Maybe you start manipulating those, you start breaking those down, and then you start building all the developments that make this now a worthwhile stadium district. 
And maybe that's what that needs to happen in Anaheim. But as you guys have seen it, and we just got about 90 seconds left, the land in and around where they're talking about is so hard to find. I mean, look how hard it was for Kroenke to find uh, SoFi Stadium. You know, they were looking at so many spots in City of Industry and everywhere else. Like, it, it, land is such a premium out there. Aren't the, Doesn't that kind of, like, limit the chances and choices of options to go build another stadium somewhere else in that area? Yeah, I really think you're on to something. They would probably have to redo it right there where it already is. They'd have to spend a season or two somewhere else Mm -hmm. and redo the stadium in the same location. But in order for these stadium districts to survive when there's not a game concert or other event going on, you need um, living apartments, condos, you need housing and residents there 24-7 to fund those restaurants that are nearby and all of that. So I'm all for it. You just have to be practical about 24-7 use. I'm an impractical man, Sam. I, <laughs> I, I, I want what I want. Hey, I tell you what, I, I love having you guys on. I really love uh, uh, seeing you guys down at the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, your your images are everywhere, and I, I love how you are always uh, supporting not only what the Silver Knights were doing, but you know the arena football team and, and how uh, you know that has now become kind of like a spot where you're seeing a lot of events starting to come in, and it's being chosen over other venues in and around the city. It is, and we're getting concerts. I keep getting emails of all the artists that are coming in in the coming months, so I'm excited. I love that venue. It's going to be a great, it is a great addition to our community, and we've got to support it. Sam, Ash, thank you both for coming on today. Let's do it again next week. And we'll, uh, we'll kind of, I, I got to get your thoughts on the Amber Heard Depp divorce trial, as well as we'll kind of continue to follow. <laughs> Maybe we may have an update on Deshaun Watson's case with the NFL. All that and more, we'll do it next week. Perfect, Clay. Talk Love to you Clay. then. Take care. See ya. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Sam. Sam and Ash Injury Law, samandashlaw.com, and also at 8201234 because you deserve what's right. We're out of time. Coming up next, it's Rich Eisen, followed by a full day of Raider Nation Radio right here on r 920. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.